What is up, guys? My name's Jordan. I'm back with my old man, Howie. And welcome to the latest episode of the Jacobs Dynasty Sports Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Want to thank everybody for joining us again. Being on a break for a couple months with Jordan away at school. Go blue. Now he's back home for the next three and a half, four months. We plan on getting back to entertaining everybody on a regular basis. There's a lot going on in the world since we last spoke. There's a lot going on in the sporting world since we last spoke. In the sporting world, NBA playoffs just started. NHL playoffs right around the corner, just like the NFL draft right around the corner. Next week. MLB kicked off for any of the baseball fans out there. March Madness ended a couple weeks ago. Another great tournament as usual. Everyone loves watching all 63 games for three weeks. Nothing better. That's like old news at this point. Well, we haven't spoken to our fans in a little bit, so you know. That's true. Got to keep them updated. I mean... You you know what's interesting? Like, you, you talk about Major League Baseball. I was reading an article today. The average age of a fan for Major League Baseball is 57 years old. The average length of a Major League Baseball game is three hours and 10 minutes. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because in the minor leagues, they just tested a way to make MLB games, or they made minor league games shorter, and they're trying to bring that to the MLB by having um, almost like a stop or a timer where pitchers only get 20 seconds in between pitches to keep the game moving quicker, and if they don't, they get a warning. And I think the second time is like an automatic base or Listen, almost like a balk. I am all for trying everything to make baseball more interesting. What I was about to say when you chimed in with that, that good point was that there are about 21 minutes of actual action in every baseball game. So you just think about that. The NFL obviously is the number one sport in the United States. Action packed all the time. NBA is popular as well. I just think at the end of the day, baseball needs to do more to update, to become more relevant, to move the games along. I think there are more young, uh, you know, young appealing players in Major League Baseball right now than there have been in extreme, maybe since it was like Jeter, Nomar Garcia Para, A-Rod, back in the 90s before you were born, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, you got guys like Guerrero, um, Acuna, and Tatis who aren't playing right now. Soto. Soto. Some of the pitchers. Yeah, and even Wander Franco, who got brought up last year. Just a lot of great young guys in baseball, and it's tough to watch at times because of how slow paced the sport can be and how low scoring the sport can be. No question. But the NFL, which is pretty much our favorite, next week they're going to be in, in, in uh, Vegas. For the NFL draft, that should be something else. Yep. I wish I was going to be in Vegas next week for the NFL draft. Yeah, we'll but, get to that later in the show, though, I think. Yeah, most if we of, could squeeze it in. If not, we could always talk about it the next episode. Yeah. I think we got to start off the show with the NBA playoffs, which just started. Um, well, we could also, if you want, we could talk a little bit about the end of the, of the NBA season. Obviously, I think, I think the biggest story, which it wasn't like a last-minute thing, were the struggles of the high-profile Lakers, you know, going into the season, I think the Lakers had the best odds along with the Brooklyn Nets of winning the NBA championship. And when you look back at Lakers history, 
I think it's safe to say this is one of the most disappointing seasons yeah. and in NBA history. It's tough to say who to put the blame on because even though Frank Vogel got fired, when you really think about it, was it truly his fault? He was put in a tough position. Injuries hurt the team. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. His life depended on it. Russell Westbrook, I think, had the He's best... A bad fit. He, he was a bad fit. He did have one of the best field goal percentages on the team, but... Did, did he? He did. He had a better shooting percentage than Steph Curry this year. As hard as it is to believe... God, there's I'd a, have to see those yeah. statistics. No, it, it's definitely hard to wrap your head around, but Russell Westbrook, clearly not a, the best fit for the Lakers. LeBron does his thing, but then again, the team's not winning, so... Well, I, I think at the end of the day, what LeBron ended up doing as the season went on is he really focused on scoring points because he's now the number two scoring player in the history yeah. of the NBA. He's clearly conscious about his place in history. Um, I think he was probably extremely disappointed the way the season went. I don't think that team makes moves without keeping LeBron and Anthony Davis in the loop as to what's going on. You know, I read articles where they were looking at DeMar DeRozan. They were looking at making, did they almost, I'm, I'm thinking back almost a year ago to the night we were driving to the NBA yeah, draft buddy. when Jordan was so quickly looking at all the moves going on. They were going to make a trade for Buddy Yield. And in all honesty, I think you were, you were pretty optimistic about adding Westbrook to the mix. But I have to say, um, other than earlier in his career, when he played with James Harden, and with I think Kevin Durant. Even, even when he was MVP, I mean, the team, they were like the sixth seed in the West. Right. They never got anywhere. He was great. He put up great stats. But then again, they didn't get it. I think his last season where he was like, the team went far was when he was with KD on his last year in OKC. Well, they were up 3-1 against the Warriors if, in the if, Western Conference Finals. But if I remember correctly... I think the year that he won MVP, Harden and, and Durant were gone at that point. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. But, yeah. like, the, the team did not go far that year. I think the last season where he was all around a great player on the team went far was with KD in 2016 when they were up 3-1 against the Warriors and ended up losing the series in the Western Conference final. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty disheartening when you look at a player with that talent. And listen, there's a number of players in the NBA right now that have talent and they're more concerned about themselves than they are about making their team better. And I think that Russell Westbrook is one of those guys that if you look at the history of his career and the teams that he's moved around on, he's not a winner. He's just not a winner. I know he's an MVP, and he had a very impressive season from an individual statistical standpoint. Even, with, almost, even but, with the double-digit assists, you could just tell. Well, that's what I was going to say. It reminds me of a guy like Stefan Marbury. He takes rebounds had... away from other guys. It's just never, never, like, he might be a fun player to watch. He's always hustling up and down the court, never showing signs of slowing down. But if you, if you want him on your team, fit. then... It's fit yeah. at the end of the day. You know, and again, we talk about him. You know, I talked about James Harden. James Harden, you know, again, when he was in Houston, he was the focus of the team. He was happy. He was doing his thing. He forces his way out of Houston. It looks like he might have even planned for the Nets to be a temporary stop because it seemed like he really wanted to go to Philadelphia. Well, well, let's let's transition into the playoffs. With, no, I, I think it's okay. No, because I, I want to bring up James Harden. In the context. In of, the context of playoffs because okay. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are a lot alike because – 
They put they or James Harden at least used to put up the stats. He would do everything. He would have some nights where he would get fifty point triple doubles in Houston. He was crazy, and I think for the Sixers to have key success in the playoffs, James Harden can't be come can't be that one or two guy. I think he needs to know that he has the role of the point guard. He's there to facilitate the ball and score when he needs to. But I think, as a lot of people saw in Game One and Game Two, if you watch. Tyrese Maxey, I think, is the go-to second scorer. Joel Embiid is great. No one will surpass. I believe Joel Embiid should be MVP this year. And I think Tyrese Maxey is the second-hand scorer on the team. And I think James Harden needs to play the role as a facilitator, almost like a Chris Paul type guy. Well, you you raise a good point bringing up Maxey. I've been very impressed by him stepping up. I'm surprised by it when you look at the makeup of that 76ers team. I mean, I think that Harden wanted to go to the 76ers because Daryl Morey's there. Daryl Morey was the president and or the general manager of the Houston Rockets. And by the way, to your point about Harden on the Houston Rockets with 50-point triple doubles, when you've got one guy occupying that much of the offense, it can only take you so far. And it did take them far a couple times. But they also had Chris Paul. In their back pocket. Which, by the way, we're jumping around on players. Yeah. We'll come back to Chris Paul when we talk about the Phoenix Sun series in a second. Yeah. But, but go back, back to Harden in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see where these guys go. Yeah. Because I think it's a referendum on Doc Rivers having Harden there and getting these guys to play. But I don't think it gets better in terms of a compelling story than having a young guy like Tyrese Maxey step into the spotlight and become a reliable piece of the 76ers team. And I think it's incumbent upon Joel Embiid, especially if he's your MVP, and James Harden to work with Tyrese Maxey and maximize the talent on that team and make a deep run. Because I got news for you. James Harden is staring a, one of the most lucrative extensions in NBA history in the face. $250 million or $260 million extension. And you know something? If that guy with that talent, can't, this team can't get to at least the Eastern Conference Finals this year, I don't know that you give that guy the contract extension. Yeah. Now, Philadelphia is up to nothing. They look dominant. They, as, well, they should be up to nothing with... How the, I mean, they got a big win against the Raptors game one, but no Scotty Barnes. Gary Trent and Thaddeus Young aren't 100%. They're key guys. Um, to be fair, the Raptors, I think, have the third best record since the All-Star break. But then again, they're not a good shooting team. They're not a good defensive team. 76ers look quicker in every aspect, and there's no answer for Joel Embiid. So maybe the Raptors get a game, but there's no excuse for the Sixers to not win this series yes. dominantly and move I would on. say in five games. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of respect for the Raptors. And one thing I'll say about the Raptors, the last couple of years, players have come and gone, but they've consistently been a solid team. I just think that the 76ers are in a different class. They have a different class of talent. And they're built to win. And, the, and their role players, <clears throat> you got guys like Matisse Thibel, probably, when you look at the best defenders in the league, He's probably a top five defender, and I think he's only like 23, 22, 23. He's a young guy. And then you also got Tobias Harris, who's their fourth best player 
in their lineup, which is crazy to think about. He's our fourth best scorer, actually. I'll leave it like that. And then, yeah, they just have a great team all, all around, and they shouldn't have a problem making it to the next round. I would agree. I, I think it's going to be very intriguing to watch because especially in the Eastern Conference this year, you have a number of really talented teams, and it's difficult once you get to the next round. Yeah. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult to figure out Who's going to be moving on? And by the way, isn't that the way all sports want it to be? They want people to be, you know, torn as to who's going to win. Who's well, the talent? If we're talking about who's torn to win, I mean, we can bring up the Celtics-Nets unless you want to yeah. save them for last because it's clearly the best series. Well, based well, off game I mean, one. Right now, I mean, well, listen, you've got, again, I talked about the Nets, touched upon them a little bit earlier, and... They were one of the favorites going into the season. Obviously, they had some big mid-season changes with Harden being traded, with the, you know, Kyrie, it's, it's not even worth it trying to figure out what's going on inside that guy's mind. But, you know, you've got KD, you've got Kyrie, you've got Seth Curry, you know, you've got horses there. Um, but interestingly enough, coming off uh, game one for the ages, the Celtics look... Like, they are primed to win. And they, they going into the game 82, the last game of the season, they were the three seed and the Bucks were the two seed. The Bucks sat all their players. They played Drew Holiday for eight seconds to get his bonus, but they sat all their main guys. And the Celtics could have lost, and they could have played the Bulls round one, but they stepped up, they blew out the Grizzlies, and it, it looked like they wanted to play the Nets or assumed that the Nets were going to win, and they wanted to play them. Um... And they got them. And Jason Tatum's fearless. Yes. And he's eyeing that top class of NBA players. Yep. Alongside LeBron, KD, Curry, and Giannis. He's has the talent. Jalen Embiid Br- and Jokic. Yeah. Um, Embiid, Jokic. But Celtics, best offense and best defense, I think, since the All-Star break. Jalen Brown's great second option. Best record in teams that were, I think, above 500. Yeah, best record. And... I, there's a video on YouTube that I watched about um, who has the best chance to win the playoffs. And obviously, it's um, all speculation, but it pointed out key details. And one of the numbers that they brought up was the margin of victory against teams, the top eight teams in the yeah, league. I remember and that. I think the Boston Celtics blew out the second best team, which was the Suns, by 200 points, which is absurd. Yeah, I mean, the move where they chose not to Break intentionally up. put themselves on a better path to begin the playoffs is the type of move that I feel like motivates teams to achieve greater accomplishments. Yep. And, and I actually think, even though this, it's early in this series, I do think they're going to beat the Nets. And I think they're going to be an extremely tough out in these playoffs. And it's pretty crazy to think the Nets are going to go out, you know, well, in the first yeah, round. We don't know. Like, any team with KD and Kyrie has a no, chance. No, I agree. I'm but, just saying, I think the Celtics just have a momentum going now. Yeah. And we've seen this happen in and sports. If the Celtics know? had Robert Williams, then the Nets would be in deep trouble because yeah. the Celtics... They're a great team. Al Horford, I mean, people don't even talk about him. I don't even know how old God, he is. God, and I forgot he was on the team. Yeah, and, and, with you. and he's a dog. I mean, he, 
He, I think he had 20 points. I think the Celtics had four starters in double digits. Um, and then you got other guys like Derek White. He was on the Spurs with Greg Popovich. No one yep. wants to talk about that yep. trade. Yep, yep. He's, I don't even know if he's a starter or like the sixth man, but you can just see. And Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. You can just see the trust, especially on that last play in the game. Marcus Smart passing up a wide-open three. That, that, honestly, that was one of the better buzzer beaters that I think and it was I've a seen in an extremely long time in a meaningful game because, to your point, that was a layup. Usually, buzzer beaters are guys... Like Damian you know, Lillard pulling up from 35 foot, three point. 35 feet. That was a smart, as, as you said, trust your teammate play. And I saw somebody put a, a meme on Twitter... That showed like Kyrie Irving is the Tin Man because he was as talented as that guy is. He does not play. And when I see him play, I I marvel at that guy's talent. You know, I'm going back to when he was on Cleveland with LeBron and they won the championship. Here we are five six years later, despite the fact that he's probably the biggest head case in the NBA this side of Ben Simmons, and who happened to be on the same team. He stands there. (laughs) He stands there. Yeah. It's not lost on me. They happen to be on the same team and they're talking about the fact that he may play. And that would be interesting in itself because talk about... Listen, Ben Simmons is a talented player. I don't know why they would ever bring him back in 11 months from not playing. It's just... I I think the answer is is because they think that he's a difference maker and they need his talent in order to win. But, I mean, are they going to throw him out there and have this guy play 25, 30 points? I mean, I just... Don't One more thing, it. touching upon the Celtics win. That if they're able to go up 2-0, even if they lose the next two games in Brooklyn, that gives them more time for Robert Williams to come back. And if he comes back, I think the Celtics win it in 6 or 7. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to monitor. Again, we're going to be doing the show more often. We want to talk in-depth about topics. You know, like anything else, the show grows, our maturity level grows. You know, we get deeper into our analysis and that's what we want to try to do. We want people to tune in because we want them, like any other sports experts or entertaining podcast, we want you to tune in because we want you to hear our analysis because you enjoy it. And we want to bring up things that maybe you're not hearing anywhere else and be entertaining. And again, you're, you're listening to the Jacobs Dynasty Sports Podcast coming off a break. For the last two months, we're digging into the NBA right now. And as always, we appreciate everybody taking time out of their days to listen to our show. Yep, definitely. Should we kick it over to the West? Or why don't we just bring it to the Miami Heat-Hawks series? We have it out right in front yeah, of us. Yeah, that happens to be on the TV right now. Yeah, I mean, Miami's up by 13. I mean... In the third quarter. I think we pretty much expected the Heat, whether it was the Cavaliers... Or Hawks to win pretty convincingly, whether it's in five, four, five, or six games. I mean, the Heat all around. They had they got Kyle Lowry, Aladipo. Who I don't I don't even think plays on this team that much. It's um, like you, it's like Horford. Yeah, right? they got PJ Tucker, who's a difference maker, and even guys like Max Strauss, who people don't talk. I think that's how you, that's his name. Good three point shooter. Then Tyler here off the bench. Then you got Adebayo. That's just Butler. I mean, listen. And, and they're probably, well-coached, yeah. maybe the best coach in the league. Again, I think it's one of those years where you remind yourself the Heat were the number one seed in the East, and you're like, as my daughter would say, low-key? Low-key? No, really, low-key. Because if you ask probably 9 out of 10 
casual NBA fans, who's the number one seed in the East? I don't think they're saying Miami, but this or team, it should be who's the best team in the East? Best team in the yeah. East. There you go. And and listen, they may not be the best, the number best team, but they were the number one yeah, seed. Listen, I could see Miami coming out of the East as well. You just went through. Especially you know, with, very succinctly especially an extremely talented roster. Milwaukee. N- the next round of the East series is going to be ridiculous because I feel like... I know, I know. I'm not going to get to it, but yeah, let's not win. You got the Heat, Sixers, Bucks, No, Celtics, but let's Nets. not... Let, let's get yeah. there. Let's let's focus on the now. I mean, again, we're watching this game. Obviously, Trey Young is Trey Young. Yeah, I mean... And, they, I, and I think they've made an effort defensively to stop Trey Young. And that's why in the last game, Trey Young in, in the first half... Shot horribly. I don't think Atlanta has enough. They had a great run last year. I give them credit for it. They surprised everybody. Very impressive. I, I don't think they have it this year. Yeah. And, and also, it's looking like the Heat are going to go up 2 nothing. And also, no Clint Capella definitely hurts. Trey Young likes to lob it up to him a lot. But John Collins just came back from an injury. Just not the season for the Hawks. Give Trey Young credit, though. He's the NBA's villain. Or one of the NBA's top yeah, and villains. And he, he relishes it, no yeah. doubt. But I will say this, going going back to what we were saying about Russell Westbrook, I do think that Trey Young needs to continue to work towards making his team better. The guy has incredible talent. I think well, he, when he like was set, second most in assists, and he's not a guy that likes to pass that. He genuinely takes the shots when he's open, and he he passes it open to the open guy. Well, I I just feel like some games, like he gets caught up in it. And, you know, he becomes that sort of like, you stop and watch him, like Carmelo in his prime type guy. And at the end of the day, you're handling that ball so much, you just got to, you, you got to win by making your teammates better and elevating the, if, the level if, of play. If the Hawks want to improve next year, I think they definitely need to add a guy or two, or even like trade a guy like John Collins. Doesn't really do much for the, I mean, he's a great player, but if you have Clint Capella, like what, what's Sean Collins really doing for you? He's a spectacular dunker, but he's not the greatest shooter. I mean... As Jimmy Butler leans right into yeah. Gallinari. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, I think that we both can agree, as well as many many of our fans, that the Heat should win this series pretty convincingly and move on around to. Crazy to think that the 76ers had Butler with Embiid. And, and they lost on a Game 7 buzzer beater. That was Crazy. to Toronto, right? Yeah. With that the hanging... Yeah. Three from Kawhi. But, um, yeah, let's move on to the final series in the East. Well, if you Bucks. even really want to talk it's about it. It's probably the one that gets the least amount of yeah. conversation. I, mean, I think the biggest story in it is just the Bulls not having Lonzo Ball. I feel like if the Bulls have Lonzo Ball, this I, I would still expect the Bucks to win, but I think the series would be more competitive. I mean, the Bucks played awful the other day. Absolutely terrible. And they still won by, like, 10. So, um, I mean, the Bulls might get a game, but... The Bucks are the Bucks. They know how to flip the switch. It's, they it's have not the even, experience. They have the role. Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, it's not even flipping the switch. I mean, yeah. they've got an incredibly talented team. They've won last year. They know how to win. Giannis, arguably, arguably, arguably the best player in the league, in my uh, opinion. I, and he's gotten so much better. Like, I could see Giannis averaging... Over 50 points in a game in this playoffs, especially if they get to the championship. Scoring 50 points. Scoring 50 points. Well, what else would I say? You said averaging. No, averaging 50 points. Averaging at least 50 50 points. Or or saying achieving at least 50 points 
over the course of a series. Wow. I mean, yeah. I think he's good. He's hitting his free throws. He has a jump shot now. He's humble. He does things right. Best defender. He, one of the best defenders. It's like, man. In fact, I just saw a stat that somebody put up that in 1988 or 1989, Michael Jordan led the league in scoring over 35 points a game, and he was the defensive player of the year. So he was the best offensive player and the best defensive player in the league, and he's the only player to ever have done that. Giannis I could see do Giannis doing that. No, he did not lead the league in scoring. Oh, oh, I thought you meant one MVP and defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, just think about that. That's the type of talent. You're talking about generational talent with Giannis. And it's interesting because I think as like a center slash power forward, similar to like Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, for whatever reason in, in historical, you know, views of the NBA, those players don't get looked at like Michael Jordan and LeBron James. But I mean... Enjoy it while it's happening, folks, because like anything else, when it's over, you'll miss it. And and Mr. Antecumpo is in the prime of his career. Yeah, I agree. Bucks and five. Bucks, maybe four. Maybe four. Um, let's kick it over to the West. Um, which series do you want to start off with? I mean, I, I think we could start with the Warriors and the Nuggets. I mean... I mean, we could, yeah, we can start with them. I mean, you got that... Probably is going to be the MVP, two-time MVP, facing off against the Warriors, one of the greatest teams in the 2010s, probably the best team in the 2010s. Um, they got all their guys back. Yep, Curry's back. And he even, looks like he's and okay. a third splash brother has emerged, Jordan Poole. Yeah, it's funny. I I I saw a snippet of an interview with. Mi- by the way, Green. Michigan bred, Michigan born, born or played on the team, both. I think. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> But I was going to say, I saw an interview with Draymond Green, and he was sort of saying, like, they, they, they need to figure out the best way to really truly utilize Poole now that Steph is back. And he said it's a good problem to have, but that team has a lot of talent. And I think when, when Steph got injured and they struggled during the second half of the season, people tended to forget about them a little bit. But... The one Let me problem. tell you something. That that team is very motivated in the post-KD era, the Clay Thompson injured for two seasons era, the Steph, I want to be NBA Finals MVP. You know, they're motivated to win. The one problem I would not I have, be surprised. The one problem I have with their team is that they're such a small ball team. Like they, their whole offense is just small ball. And when they face, like, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and talk about it like, later on because I'm obviously expecting them to win this series. But if they go up against a team like the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Bucks, the Celtics, that small ball, it might work some games, but it's not going to work the whole series like it is going to against the Nuggets. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, Steve Curry, Steph Curry, Steve Curry. Steve Curry is a great coach. Yeah. He knows how to put the team in a position to win. And when you've got that type of firepower – you can make up for some of the defensive shortcomings. So I think that's going to be one of the most intriguing storylines to watch in the playoffs is, yeah. is how, how do they put themselves in the best it, position It would to win. be much more interesting if the uh, Nuggets got um, – or had uh, – is that Mando? It could be. <laughs> if the Nuggets had Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, but then again – Yeah, but listen, team. I think they're going to get by the Nuggets. And, you know, you're talking about big men in the West. I mean – 
I don't know. There's not many teams that have that much height nowadays in the West. I mean, you know? Suns. Aiden, Macau. They have Aiden. We'll have to see how it plays out. You know? but, yeah, Warriors in five. <laughs> um, let's move it over to... Or they're up to nothing now, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's move it over to the Mavericks Jazz. Mavericks, yeah, shoot. My old man talked about Jalen Brunson a little bit. No, I didn't. You mentioned him before. No, I didn't. But I was just thinking about him. Oh, well, we can bring him up. He had 41 points in my mind. In a huge win for the Mavericks with no Luka. Luka's expected to be back either in the next Oof. game or game four. I don't know. Jordan and I were talking about that the other day. We were talking about the KD injury that happened. Yep, which started with the calf. And then he came back. And that was a huge storyline in those playoffs. He- KD's got to come back for his team. Got to come back for his team. I still vividly remember the ripple in the back of his leg yeah. when he tore his ACL. Or Achilles, Achilles. His Achilles, and he even said... And he, and he was out for a full series. He got injured game I think it was five. longer than no, that. It was. He, he got, got injured, injured game five against one. the Rockets, yeah. which was the second round. Was it second or first? For, second round. He sat out game six in that series, Warriors won. Sat out the full Warriors Blazers series when the Warriors swept them. Oh, he so he got he tore he tore his ACL in the finals. He tore his Achilles in Game Five of the finals. Okay, so I w- I was almost off on the yeah. the timeline. Yeah, I mean, but if I'm the Mavericks, I don't think Luca's playing in the first series. I just don't see it, and I know I that think. that could very well cost them a series. But you got to keep that guy healthy. The, the way that he got injured in a meaningless game when he was game, supposed yeah. to be suspended, it was extremely unfortunate. Um, but Brunson stepping up, uh, Spencer D- Dinway being Dinway. on that team. Cleaver. I think that the trade of Kristaps Porzingis was clearly addition by subtraction with that team. <laughs> and Brunson is reminding me of what Maxie's doing in Philadelphia. So I think it'd be very interesting to see if Luca comes back. Well, first off, can Brunson continue to do that and possibly get more wins without Luca there? Because the you know un- unless they get to a game seven, as long as the series is within one game of each other, the longer they're going to hold Luca out. I don't think they're in desperate times to bring Luca back in game three. If, if the Jazz you know? lose this series. With or without Luca, they should just break it up, in my opinion. Well, I think there was talk going in the playoffs. Again, listen, I mean, I'm a Knicks their, their fan, a long-suffering get, Knicks fan. Their coach is going to get fired. The only person that they should keep is Donovan Mitchell. Well, but I was going to say, there were rumors going into the playoffs that Donovan Mitchell might be on his way out, possibly to the Knicks. You know, again, I'm, I am a Knicks fan, long-suffering Knicks fan, but there are some connections to Leon Rose to your point, if if the Jazz go out in the first round of the playoffs, I think there's a good chance that Donovan Mitchell's not there after this season. Yeah. But it should be a close series. If Luka comes back, I have the Mavericks. If not, up in the air. Um, if Luka comes back, I mean, the sky's the limit for that team. But I just don't see him coming back that quickly and staying healthy. Yeah. And, you know, again, Rudy Gobert strained his calf early in the season. He missed three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. so it's not an injury you want to mess around with. We got two more games to dis- or two more series to discuss. Um, first one is not as exciting as the second one, but we could touch on it a little bit. I mean, Suns Pelicans. I mean, Pelicans don't have Zion, which makes it obviously tough. 
I mean, the Suns took care of business game one. Well, they haven't had Zion all season. Yeah, I, I know, but Suns are best record in the league, one of the best teams in the league. Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker, there's 13 players in NBA history that have averaged 25, 5, and 5 on the best record, on the best team with the best record. And all of those guys have won an NBA championship or MVP, and Devin Booker has not. Well, I'll, I'll say this. You know, we talked about MVP a little bit earlier, and Booker is arguably disrespected by the fact that he's not put in the MVP conversation. Because I think Chris Paul is there. Well, I think Phoenix has a tremendous amount of talent, but based on the way they played last year and lost to the Bucks, and the fact that they came back extremely motivated this year, led the league in wins by a substantial margin— it would be an incredible disappointment more than last year for Phoenix not to be NBA champions at the end of the season. And, you know, again, we're not making predictions, um, but I would say looking ahead, I, I think it'd be easy to see the Suns Bucks in a rematch. I, they, they have a walkthrough to whether. A well, actually. A cakewalk? A cakewalk. Well, I was going to say. is like the practice before the game. If. The Jazz, they do their offense. if the Jazz win, I think Phoenix easily makes it to the Western Conference Finals. But if the Mavericks win and Luka's good to go, I think that series is going to be extremely tough for Phoenix. I think Phoenix still gets out of it, but Luka is ridiculous. Yep. And when he's on, I mean, he single-handedly almost won the series for them last year against the Clippers. Yep. Well, in my opinion, are the best team in the league when everyone's healthy. But that's a different yeah. story. Anyway, reminder, everybody, you're listening to the Jacobs Dynasty Sports Podcast. We back at it better than ever. Yeah. Which, which series we have left? Or real quick, Phoenix in four or five? Uh, listen, Phoenix is in four. They're playing an extremely high level. You know, teams that play at that level take care of business when they have the opportunity to do it. So yep. I think and it's going to be a sweep. I series. think the Bucks are going to sweep. I think Phoenix is going to sweep because they've been there and they know how to do it. All right. Last series, probably the second best series behind the uh, Jazz, or not the Jazz, the Celtics Nets just because of the star power on both teams. John Morant versus Anthony Edwards. Minnesota versus Memphis. This is the second best series in terms I mean, of star I mean, power? Well, John Morant versus Anthony Edwards, I think, is definitely an awesome matchup. I mean, Minnesota won game one. Um, they acted like they won. Minnesota acted like they won the championship when they won the playing game. But Listen, Minnesota hasn't been in the playoffs much since uh, Kevin Garnett left well, town. They made it with Jimmy Butler, but they lost pretty yeah, quickly. Again, to Rockets. But Jimmy Butler, like what? You know, Minnesota, Chicago, Chicago Philadelphia. Philly. Like again, you know. He's like one of those guys that you look at and you're like, yeah, I want him on my team. And he brings grit and everything. And then he's trying to fight Eric Spolstra. Yeah. You know, I still remember seeing him on the street of New York when we went to the NBA. We went to the city for the NBA All-Star game back in 2014. But guy ran away from me, basically. That that series, I mean, on the Timberwolves, you got Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. And then on Memphis, you got John Moran's probably the biggest name, but... They have. They played better yeah. without him, I think. I think they were 20, and t- 20 wins, two losses without him. But that series should come down to the wire. I think it could go either way just because of the talent on both sides. 
But if I had to say just because the Grizzlies all around are better, are, are, are better this season. You would think. But, yeah. I mean, Minnesota yeah. seems like they're ripe to win. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is really starting to, to play well. Um, he's been playing well, yeah. you know, but I think he, he's sort of been perennially, perennially a little bit disappointing, but Carl interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, they just haven't won that much. Yeah, I mean, he's been a great player. They haven't won that much, but so guys, that, that's, that's the eight first round series, probably one of the best times of the year. If you're a, an NBA fan, because every night you've got multiple games going on before you get whittled down to the next round. But we'll be talking about NBA. We're going to be talking about NFL. We're going to be talking about NFTs. You know, I, I pride myself when it comes to NFTs um, at the end of the day, because I don't think there's a lot of dads that are as knowledgeable about NFTs as I am. You know, I could drop some names like Moonbirds and Mutant Apes and Bored Apes and what have you, but we'll save that for another day. Um, yeah, real quick before we finish off, I think we can do a couple of quick hitters and elaborate more on future episodes, but MLB just started a week and a half ago. Um, we, we don't want to like say our predictions right away because we can nah, talk about it. way too episodes, early. But just some guys to watch if you're a baseball fan or trying to get into baseball. Vlad Guerrero yeah, had a three home run night amazing. against Garrett Cole, who's been awful to start the season. Yep. He, by, by the way, the Yankees in general have been suspect. Garrett, to, Garrett Cole got pulled today in less than two innings. He walked five guys, four in a row. Did the Yankees lose? They were up 3-2. Okay. Well, Jordan and I were a little bit having this debate the other day, and then we'll finish this off um, well, because I, we I can wanted, go on forever. Oh, I, go ahead. I wanted, go ahead. I wanted to touch well, on. So then can I just say real yeah. quick, you know, I think there's a good argument that the Yankees need to be broken up at this point. Um you know, again, I'm not one of those Yankee fans who's like, oh, we got to win the World Series every year. I just think that they're, they're getting back to a time period, which I remember when I was younger, which was the early 80s, way before Jordan was even a, a speck on the radar, um, where they just they spent all this money signing big name players and they just could not win. And I think at some level you look and you're like, just get to the playoffs, just get to the playoffs, just get to the playoffs. To my point earlier, hardcore Yankee fans don't want to just get to the playoffs. They want to compete for the World Series every year. You know, they're staring down the barrel of Aaron Judge, you know, who again, he's somewhat of a, I don't want to use the word victim. That's a word that's overused a little bit, but he he's a 30-year-old guy. Is that 30? I think he is 30. I think he is or 29 coming off of his rookie contract. I mean, there's a problem with the way the collective bargaining agreement is structured in baseball when you have those type of things because here the Yankees are, if you believe the rumors, so offering him a 7-year agreement and he wants a 10-year agreement. I don't think you want our big guy, big guy injuries the type of wear and tear that comes along with that. I don't think you want Aaron Judge on that team when he's 38, 39 years old. Yeah. I think, and look, at you said Garrett Cole, obviously, at least to start the season, not not pitching at the level he's been used to in the past. He doesn't have that spider tech. You know, Cashman has been around for 20-something years. He's a nice guy. I get the reluctance to get rid of him. You got to make a change. Yeah. Got to make a change. Um. I was going to talk about the other side of New York, uh, New York Mets. They have the best record in the league, eight and two. Are they eight and yeah, two? Yeah, I wow. mean their pitchers are ridiculous, and so they don't even have Degrom yet. Um, now listen, their owner 
is putting his money where his mouth is because he's got money to burn. I think he's going to continue to do what he wants to win. I happen to go to opening day. There's a very good feeling around that team, a very good vibe in the ballpark. You know, They just have a well-rounded team. They got Starling Marte. They picked up decent or I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Chris Bassett. Great game the other day. I think he has a below zero ERA. Tyler Mc- below zero or sorry below one. <laughs> Tyler McGill. He had a, I think a zero ERA up until today, but the Mets got the win against the Giants, who were the second best. Are they the second best? Second best record in the they league. They played today. Yeah, they double header today. Was there like? Oh, okay. Did, and they're playing the second. They're playing game right now. now. Yeah, but the Scherzer pitching. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah, they're they're. It's probably two two of the top five pitchers right now. You check the score. Yeah, um, check it out. He didn't check it out, Go but ahead, Juan. just finish up and Juan. Yes. By the way, Yankees are winning three two. Okay, and the Mets are winning three one at the end of the sixth. Wow! So if the Mets are able to pick that win up, huge wins. Um, if you guys want to get into baseball, it, it might. Be by the a- way, just not to interrupt you, Scherzer one hit, one earned run at this point. Yeah. Ninety ninety four pitches, sixty strikes, yeah. which means. They'll be, they'll be pulling them like Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Any minute. Um, what was I going to say? If you guys want to get into baseball. Oh, if you guys want to get into baseball, it, it's definitely a lot compared to fantasy football because you have to set your lineup yeah. every day. I can't get into um, it. Fantasy baseball, just it's a lot, but it's fun if you know what you're doing and it teaches you a lot about players and makes you want to watch the players on your team, whether they're on the Marlins, the White Sox, the Tigers, the Royals, just like any guy. Like the other day, Javi Baez is on the Tigers. I would never watch the Tigers, even though we go to the University of Michigan. But just turn on the Tigers game just for that one at bat. Just always fun watching the other teams and seeing their stadiums. Just thought I'd touch upon that real quick. And for our pop culture. Wait, wait, wait. Before you, you, you're saying about getting into baseball, you know, I find right. it hard to get into baseball. So, yeah. you know. Um, some of the stuff I mentioned earlier in the show, I wish they did a better job marketing. I think in all honesty, they need young guys like Jordan who are creative. Um, and by the way, actually one of our cousins works there. He's got a data analyst job. So he, he's certainly an up and comer, but he's not working in the marketing end of the sport. And like, there are so many opportunities out there with what's going on right now with TikTok and Snapchat and you know, earlier today, Jordan and I were talking about uh, what what was the name of the job media? The, the guys. Oh, on John, John Boy, John Boy, John Boy, man, so impressive! These guys like splicing video together and offering overlay commentary. I mean, I I watched, I read an article about them this morning. I think on Joe Pomp, huddle up and uh, watched their videos today, and I thought they were great. <coughs> yep. Um. I just want to say pop culture. Yeah, pop culture. Two things. Number one is a video game. Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, all nine episodes. Um, is that that's new? That's the first brand time new. They did, it? they did it, but they did it by like the last one that came out was like for the DS like ten years ago, and it was the six episodes. This is all the episodes with everyone. So. It's good. Have you played it? Um, I, I haven't downloaded it, but I've played it with friends and definitely worth a buy if you guys want to kill some time over the summer yeah, or if you have the time over the summer. And number two, for any video game lovers out there, I haven't played him. I didn't play him that much when I was little, but 
Sonic 2. Heard it got great reviews. I heard it was a great movie. What gaming system? Se- well, Sega, but you could play them on Nintendo. Any Nintendo, pretty much. But um, definitely, if, you, if you're a Sonic fan or even a Mario fan, you definitely know who Sonic is from the Olympic Games. But definitely worth a watch. Okay. Well, we actually went on a little bit longer than we thought we were going to today. But I think that just comes from, you know, we haven't done it in a while. Happy Jordan's back around. You get going with good conversation. You just want to continue it. But just really thank everybody for tuning in. Truly appreciate if you could tell people to tune in. We're open to suggestions on things you want to hear about on the show. You know, we want to be entertaining. We want to be interesting. We want to provide insight for you that maybe you don't hear other places or you choose to tune into us because you know you're going to get it here. And we just really appreciate anybody who listens to the show. We're going to keep it going. We want to take it to the next level. Jordan, you're awake? Yeah, I'm awake. Wake up. Wake up. (laughs) Um, Wake up. Yeah. Pretty much touched upon everything. We'll be back posting more often. Yeah, we're probably going to record again later in the week. We want to probably go at it at least twice a week. But we might not touch upon the NBA playoffs as much. We want to like spread it out. Yeah, spread it out. Like I said, we also want to talk about Um, like wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. WWE Prism is out. With WWE Prism cards. Again, I said NFTs. NFTs are huge. The metaverse, Web 3.0. I'm very big into that. Jordan's keeping an eye on it as well. You know, there's so much going on right now. And then we also got the draft. Yeah, NFL draft, Aiden Hutchinson. Yep. Um, Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, Um, As usual, um, tell your friends. I didn't say that already. All right, guys. Um, Have a good one. Um. (laughs)